Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome to this special edition. During these difficult times, we're talking to experts who can help us gain perspective on the impact of the coronavirus, as well as share tips, resources, and some much-needed inspiration. Today, I'm joined by Mary Brandt. Mary is a kindergarten teacher at Rising Star Elementary School in the Seattle Public Schools, one of the communities to be hit the hardest and earliest. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about what you do. So, um, I'm a kindergarten teacher at Rising Star in Seattle, as you mentioned, and I'm a general education teacher. So, I'm responsible for a class of 15, 5, and 6-year-olds. And, um, you know, we've been having such a shift in how we've had to teach and think about school over the last few weeks. But I'm just amazed by my students and families and our school community for really coming together. So, it's been difficult, but also inspiring. A lot of parents, um, of course, for good reason, are worried about academic interruption. Are educators also afraid that this might set back their students and any concerns about losing common core skills? Yeah, obviously, this is such um, a challenging time for our students and our families. And it is really so important for kids to continue practicing and learning at home. So as an educator, I'm definitely concerned and know it's not ideal. But at the same time, I'm also confident that we've... um, done a great job of collaborating with families and communities in order to make sure kids get the content they need to stay on track. We're hearing um, parents are very uh, maybe anxious and trying to keep up with very ambitious schedules that their children used to have, but, you know, very hard to do. Um, What are the expectations for parents right now? And should parents uh, be trying to fill the shoes of teachers? That's such a great question. I feel like, you know, parents have such already incredibly challenging jobs and replacing a school environment at home while you're also trying to juggle so many responsibilities and work is a huge task and a huge ask. Um, And I know, we know that there's so much comfort and security in children seeing their teachers and having routine of lessons that they're familiar with. So what we're really just asking families to focus on is what's the most important and what's within reason at this time for their families. And this is going to look different for every family. Um, And we certainly want to support academic progress, but also first and foremost, the social and emotional needs of students. So if parents are able to just support students with making a schedule and um, getting them reading and writing and conversing as much as possible, but we also understand that families won't be able to step into the shoes of teachers and our responsibility as educators is still to engage and communicate with families to get them the resources they need to be able to keep their kids engaged and on track. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredibly stressful time. You know, a lot of parents are full-time working at the same time as trying to manage this new environment for their children. Um, Of course, screen time um, (laughs) is becoming more prominent in some ways. Uh, Is it it okay really, for children to be um, engaged in screen time? And how much time would you recommend for parents? Another great question, and one I'm sure so many families are thinking about right now. I think the most important thing is just giving yourself grace as parents and families and knowing that every family and situation will be different and your routines will, of course, have changed dramatically. 
Um, I can't really put a specific number on how much screen time I would recommend or is okay, but I do know that keeping kids engaged, even when screen time is happening, is a great way to go about it. So if your child is watching a movie or a TV show, asking them to write or draw about their favorite part afterwards or retell what they just saw in their own words, practicing those cognitive skills along with the screen time. And then I would also say building it into a schedule for families so children know when to expect that they will get screen time and what's coming after it and how they can engage with that time as well. So I would say definitely for families to give themselves grace and um, be flexible with the changing schedule and also know that it's okay to balance screen time with other activities. Again, it's such a stressful time for parents and to come up with great ideas. I'm sure everyone's feeling they want to do great things for their kids, but I think parents are quite overwhelmed right now. Are there other activities that you have seen be effective in this moment? Absolutely. One of the things, especially with little kindergartners, that's been so fun to see is we know kids can't sit and have a lesson just like they would in class at home, even if teachers are giving online content. So one thing that's been so fun to see is um, having students write letters to their teachers, to grandma or grandpa or an aunt and uncle or uncle, someone in their family. So getting that practice of writing letters, drawing pictures and actually mailing it. Um, seeing students have engineering challenges at home, building things out of recycling or um, practicing counting how many pastas there are in the jar. Um, taking little nature walks, getting a chance to get outside away from other people and collect rocks or leaves and compare and sort them. And for older students, you know, cooking, um, having a family interview, interviewing a parent and asking them about their family history and writing a little report, basically finding something students are excited about doing and going with that. Because we know when students are excited and motivated, they're going to be successful learners, even if it's a little bit non-traditional at this time. I love all of those ideas. They all sound great. We'll be back after this break. Uh, you know, obviously, very, very difficult time. Um, is there a way you're recommending parents speak to their children about what's going on? Yeah, that's something we've been thinking about a lot, again, especially with the little five and six year olds. Um, we're recommending that families really do just be honest with their kids and ask them how they're feeling and also share some of their um, own unease, you know, acknowledging this is a difficult time. It's different, but that's, I think, where the seeing their teacher's face comes in and is so important, even if it's just a brief recorded morning meeting or message, to have that sense of regularity and familiarity, even in such a stressful time. But I definitely think acknowledging for kids, this is different and scary for us too, but creating a new normal within this, of the schedule of a day at home, which might include more screen time and might include different, different things, but knowing what to expect for children, I think is going to be really important. So obviously this is a hard time, as you just mentioned, for everybody, uh, scary and, and, and difficult. Um, but what makes you optimistic in this moment? Yeah, I think that's a great question and one I've been trying to think about every day as well. I think um, in the letters and photos and text messages I get from my family showing me pictures of their kids um, watching my lessons or um, FaceTiming with a relative or reading a book for fun on their own, I'm really inspired and remember how much our students can do and how capable they are and how children at this difficult time are more than ever a good example of our future and what we can look forward to and seeing students be creative 
in how they're approaching their time at home as well has been really inspiring. And then also watching um, school communities come together and working with my colleagues to get content out to students and um, the greater community as well coming together to be there for each other has been very positive and inspiring. Is there anything that our listeners can do to support you? Um, yeah, I think if you have questions, absolutely reach out to your child's teacher because I can speak as an educator right now. It's so wonderful to hear from families with any questions or concerns because all we want right now is to make sure that we're we're there for you and able to um, be there and know that we're also unsure and going through this together. So we're all doing our very best to be there for our students. Um, but yeah, just most importantly, giving yourself that grace and being flexible and knowing that um, whatever schedule changes occur now, kids are really resilient and talking with them will be so important during this time. Well, Mary, it's wonderful to talk with you. Seattle's very lucky to have you there. um, And we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, Kim. My pleasure. You're listening to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. Brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio, with support from founding partner P&G. Listen to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, SenecaWomen.com, and check out the Seneca Women app, free in the App Store. Have a great day.